Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome back to another episode of Ladies Who Launch. Alyssa and I are here in Calgary, Alberta, enjoying the super chilly weather. But I'm not going to lie, I am over summer and I am so here for it with the fall weather. I broke out my knee-high boots yesterday and I was just super excited to to, uh, indulge in my fall wardrobe. I'm I'm totally over summer. What about you, Alyssa? Yeah, I agree. I was actually on uh, uh, Poppy Barley's site yesterday. Poppy Barley's a... an Alberta shoemaker and uh, their, their tall boots are just divine. Like they're how they make their shoes and their boots. But yeah, I was looking at like, Oh, am I going to, am I going to splurge and and get myself a pair of poppy barleys this year? I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, they're one of my faves, but yeah, I'm all about the tall boots and the chunky sweaters. But um, anyway, as we get into fall, uh, we were sort of having this conversation that things are, are kind of starting to pick up in terms of our business worlds. And I think uh, that's all positive. And uh, we're going to talk to one of our favorite Calgary PR bosses today is uh, Lana Rogers. And uh, I've known Lana for, I don't know, several years now because we hired her old firm that she used to work for to do some projects for us when I was on the client side years ago. But uh, since that time, Lana has also gone out on her own as a very, very popular and busy PR uh, agency in the city of Calgary. And uh, if you aren't subscribed to her Champagne Fridays e-newsletters, I highly recommend that you go to Lana Rogers PR and Google it and get on her mailing list because her e-newsletters are probably the most amazing things that you can subscribe to. You agree, right, Dakota? They're amazing. Oh my God. Every Friday I look forward to getting. Yeah, I'm my... still waiting. I'm still waiting for my uh, um, Champagne Friday swag, but I'll stop by the Atlanta Rogers PR office and pick it up at some point. But uh, anyway, so Lana is, as, I, as we said, she runs her own PR firm here in Calgary uh, since about 2016. So yeah, she's been in the game about as long as we have in terms of going out on her own. And she does a lot of food, lifestyle, um, some real estate stuff. She's got a very eclectic uh, client roster, which is really interesting. And what we're going to talk to her today about is scaling up because she went from Lana Rogers solo to now Lana Rogers PR Inc. Um, with office and staff. And we're going to talk to her a little bit about how she did that. But as I introduce her, I want to say Lana is actually going to do our rant today, which is really awesome because I think you're the first guest that's done our lady rant. So kudos to you, Lana, and welcome to the Ladies Who Watch podcast. Thanks, ladies. I feel so honored to be able to be doing your rant or our rant. Right. Now it's ours. I feel like the rant applies to all of us because we all work in the same industry, but I don't know what has happened in the past couple weeks. There's been a resurgence with this term, but I've been asked countless times to put a spin on it. Hey, Lana, can you just like put a spin on the story? Lana, can you just like put a spin on this and, you know, figure it out? Like what, 
Like, what does that even mean? So you're asking me to like, yeah, put lipstick on a pig, trying to figure out how to make this look pretty when it's actually pretty nasty. I don't like, Alyssa, this term was super popular 10 years ago and now it's back and it's driving me crazy. Yeah, I don't know. And it's funny that the whole spin thing seemed to be like back in, like when I was in school, like, so like a millennia ago, um, it was always a political thing. Like it was always like the, the political parties would hire spin masters and spin doctors. And it was always sort of like directed as a, as a, as a political thing, but even in, yeah, in the last 10 years, I mean, 10 years prior, it sort of became this vernacular of like, Oh, uh, PR people are just spinning things. And, and it sort of made the whole industry seem a bit sketchy and just sort of gave the, the industry a bad name. But it's interesting that it's now making a comeback because to be honest, I still don't even know what it means. Like, I don't even know what it means to put a spin on something. Like, I don't even get it. So the fact that people are asking you and it's making a comeback is hugely uh, disappointing. Yeah. And actually, it's the opposite of what we even do. We actually encourage our clients to get uncomfortable. We want them to face challenges and things that they don't even want to talk about because that's where we find the good stuff. So it's always a red flag to me when I start talking to someone and they, or they're like, put a spin on this. I go, okay, well, probably we shouldn't work together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're not that my people. So funny. I yeah. remember sitting in like my first year of university um, and my prof being like, we are not spin doctors. That is not what we do. We are also not Kim Cattrall off of Sex in the City. If that's what you were looking for, you should probably leave this class. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so shocked that that's making, and I don't work in that realm. I, I don't work in like necessarily the same realm as Alyssa and Lana, uh, just because I would, I would argue that you guys work with the media a lot more. Um, and that's probably what people are referring to. Like, can you kind of put a spin on this, um, and make us sound really good in the media or from a storytelling standpoint, but yeah, a hundred percent, it's all about transparency. And, and if a client needs you to morph a story into something else, then it's probably not the best fit. Well, yeah. And what's even more, it's, it's even more funny actually is like media relations for us now is probably about 10% of what we do. So like my company, we don't even focus on a ton of media relations. It's like kind of an added extra. If we think that that client makes sense to have that media relations strategy. So, and I mean, granted, we're going through a little bit of a rebrand because people still think that's what we only focus on where we focus on so much more than just media relations. So that's why the spin term really gets me. Uh, it's such a good lady rant today. That's like, yeah, such a good rant. Um, but jumping off from that, um, in terms of that we are PR, media, digital people, marketing people, um, you did go out on your own in 2016. I mean, obviously you have an agency background and um, worked mainly um, in the PR communications agency side. So can you tell us a little bit about what was your decision to go out on your own and what that looked like in 2016? Yeah, I actually, so yeah, I'd worked with an agency for eight years. I started really junior, um, moved all my way up to director position. And then what I found was like the client roster was really changing and where my heart and soul really lied was with these kind of independence so these small, smaller businesses, community-minded businesses, that's what really got me out of bed. And when agencies started bringing on 
a ton of blue chip clients, corporate clients. I wasn't really motivated anymore. And I mean, granted, the company I worked for was my sister's company. And I think it was time to kind of part ways there. So I left. And when I left, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And it was, it was the client, the clients just kind of came after me and were like, we'd love to work with you. Let's, let's figure this out. So my company was really built based on, you know, these people that were coming to me and looking for help. And then I just kind of took off. Like I would say, I didn't even really want to be an entrepreneur. And now I am. (laughs) And what does, and how does that look differently now in 2020 than it did in 2016? Yeah, 2016 was, I mean, I was pretty green coming out on my own. I would say I didn't have a ton of credibility standing on my own. So what I ended up doing, and this is like suicide, but it worked, but I used to give away strategy for free. I used to write strategy as a way to try and get the client to sign on so that I could execute. So I wrote strategies. Some people didn't even sign on. And, you know, at the time I didn't really care because I'm like, this is kind of how I'm going to get my foot in the door. And it worked for a certain period of time until I was like, okay, I'm giving away my ideas for free and this needs to stop. So now our process is, um, it really starts, I mean, initially I'm, I'm doing all the business development So I kind of go out there and figure out who's going to be the right fit, whether it's, you know, do their goals align? Do do we actually feel like we can actually help these people? And then does their brand values align with my brand values as well? So there always has to be a synergy there. And then we take them through this really beautiful discovery process. And this discovery process is a way for us to not only get quite intimate with the client. It's a way for us to extract information from them. It's a way for us to like get in the trenches of their business, but we're also getting paid to do that. So that discovery is like the jumping point for us to be able to then start to build strategy, which also we get paid for. So there's been kind of this, you know, it's changed over the four years, but I'm really happy with the way that the process has actually turned out because the discovery I think is one of our greatest strengths. We actually have clients after we present, they like, they end up crying because they go, no one has ever been able to understand our business like you guys have because of the process that you've set up. So I'm, I'm really stoked with, with the process that we've created. Wow. Lana, are you able to, uh, share like bits and pieces of, of why this process is so special and, and how it works without completely giving it away. I'm just so curious yeah, totally. about it. Cause I have a similar one. Um, and I'd love to compare notes with how you do yours. Yeah. I mean, initially we always start with the internal stakeholders. So those that have, you know, are the big decision makers within the brand and we get them all into a room. And during COVID, we get them all in a Zoom room. We can still execute uh, digitally, but we lead them through a series of exercises that not only paints a picture of where there's pain points, 
because when you're so close to your brand, you kind of think that like, oh yeah, nothing's really wrong with my brand. But it's these exercises that we're able to pull it out of them. And then from there, we actually decide if we need to go deeper. So sometimes we end up sending out surveys um, to customers. And other times we actually end up doing one-on-one conversations with external stakeholders. So whether it's a competitor or a customer or board member, like we take it even further to get that third party unbiased feedback. And then we take all of that and we present it in, in a, it's like more of like a key finding with really, really high level recommendations. And then we present that to them and that's where they go, oh my gosh, I didn't know this was hum- like happening in my business. And people originally come to us for marketing help, but when what ends up happening is we find kind of these cracks within their business model and we go, okay, you've got to fix this first before you bring us on. Otherwise, you're just throwing away your money. Like we can market your, your broken business all day long, but you're never going to get anywhere. And so that's when we either you know, bring in an expert to help them you know, figure out that financial perspective or you know, sometimes we even start making staff training models. So like that's why when I said at the wow. beginning we're 10% media relations like we're more so seen as like strategic communicators that and partners exactly yeah exactly. what is the what's the timeline on that so if you're doing a discovery session is that a half day or a full day session and then what's the process timeline when you take the findings and then present them back yeah the discovery is a half day And then depending if we want to do one-on-ones and what honestly takes the most amount of time is getting people booked in for these. Yeah. So the discovery phase could take up to a month. Um, So from, from discovery to then presenting what we call their strat sketch is probably two months. And then we present a marketing plan. So then you kind of tack on another couple weeks. So we like to say about 90 days 90 days for us is like a sweet spot of time. It gives us enough time to really get in there, really make sure we're covering all of our bases. But yeah, three months would be the time frame. Lana, I have a random question for you. Yeah. Could somebody who, somebody such as myself even, who might not necessarily want support with marketing the business, but might want support with understanding the cracks that maybe I'm not identifying in my own business, could I hire you guys to just do like a discovery process with me? Yep. Cool. Yep. Yeah. And then, like I said, like we don't go in and and do um, like, maybe there's something wrong with like your revenue stream or like your, your hospitality concept. Like I'm not a restaurant owner, so I don't know what you're supposed to do there. So we'll bring on a consultant to actually help put that together for you. That's so cool. So that's where LRPR is going. Yeah. That's, well, that's what you're going to... Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of already gone there. <laughs> I feel like we've been doing this, this process Fair for enough. Two years. You know what I mean? Like, that's where it's going, right? Like, you're, you're definitely more of that strategic... Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the, what is it? The shoemaker's son has no shoes. Like, 
we we are doing a rebrand and I just haven't haven't had the time to do it. So it's fair why people still think that we specialize in media relations because I haven't really publicly it's not on our website really. And like my the name is still Lana Rogers PR and I sound like a narcissist. I need to change the name. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. And I think um that's sort of a discussion around how you you do do that rebrand and and you grow because obviously uh, when you started as Lana Rogers PR you were Lana Rogers and now you're Lana Rogers with a team of people. So what does that look like in terms of changing your external brand? Like obviously you've done the internal brand changes and in, in the fact you've you, you created this process and you've brought on people, but externally do people still think it's just you? No, they don't. Well, I don't, I think maybe people who haven't um, maybe experienced us before, like if you were someone searching, you know, for PR in Toronto, I think, you know, the perception is that it's just me and it's not. And that was a big part of why we're rebranding because I have a team who does extremely amazing work and without them, this company would not exist. So it needs to change to reflect the talent that I have working with me. That's a good boss. That's <laughs> not all bosses. Yeah. Um, so Lana, one of the things I know I've been struggling with, and I feel like I'm in the same spot you were probably two or three years ago, is I've brought on the most amazing um, coordinator Lachlan to help me with most of offloading a lot of the, what I would call sort of lanes within my highway that I do not necessarily have time for, nor do I really want to deal with anymore because I'd like to be dealing with the bigger picture of things within my company. Um, and I'm actually working with a business coach right now to figure out what other lanes I can offload. And it seems like you've done an amazing job of that. So I guess my question for you is, um, how did you get the balls to do that? <laughs> and like, because obviously that, you know, you have to look at your, your revenue, um, and understand like, can I afford to bring this person on? Like, how did you decide contractor versus employee? Why did you decide on either or from a value standpoint? And at what point did you rip the bandaid off and hire the people that you knew you needed in order to grow? It's a great question. Cause like I mentioned at the beginning, Dakota, I a, never really even wanted to be an entrepreneur. And then when I started the company, I was like, it's just going to be me. It's me forever. I don't want to manage people. I can't handle emotions. <laughs> um, but what ended up happening, I mean, naturally, you start getting more clients. You're getting really busy. And I randomly met my first hire, Chantel, who's, who's still with me. I met her while I was going for pizza at Una Pizza. And she actually approached me. She saw me and said, hey, I heard you, know, you have a PR company. I'm a Mount Royal student. I'm really interested in like what you do. Let me know if you need help. And she kind of stayed on me like she was, you know, I give a lot of credit to Chantel because she really was the one to push me to go, I think you should hire me. 
And then I did, and I didn't really know what to give her because I have a history of being really bad at delegating, like really, really bad. I, lo- I think I can do everything myself. Um, so she started out, she started out as an intern, you know, doing like media lists and pushing paper and all the brutal things. And she really just carved out her own position. Like she took it into her own hands to go, this is, this is where my strength is. And, you know, granted I helped her along the way, but I really credit my leadership skills to Chantel. Wow. She she pushed me to, you know, hire another staff member. Like she always kind of like kept me going. And I think without having that other person kind of beside you going like, Lana, you can do this. You can do this. Like she's my biggest cheerleader. And, you know, in return, I'm her biggest cheerleader. And, you know, now she went from intern to my lead strategist. Like, she's amazing. She could run the company blindfolded right now. And it's because of this relationship of us pushing each other and challenging each other and going like, you know, if we fuck up, it's okay. Like, we'll move through it together. So part of it is like finding that person that trusts you and and you both want to invest in each other and kind of growing together. And now we have Sydney and Sydney's been with us for about two years and, and same thing, like started out very junior and now she leads our earned media side. So I've pretty much put myself out of a job. Which is what you, yeah. I mean, isn't that what we all want, right? Is to put ourselves out of a job and have everybody doing the work for us. And, um, but over the years, I mean, as you said, even Chantel has has morphed from a intern to a, a lead strategist and grown into that position. How have you, as Lana, grown and changed as the owner of your company over that time? Yes. Oh, oh man. Um, I mean, I think I was very risk adverse when I started. I was really scared to... Um, you know, go after certain clients, scared to kind of switch things up. I don't like change. And when you're an entrepreneur, you have to change all the time. So I think now I have a really good ability to pivot when we need to pivot. I can kind of see what's coming and go, you know, like a number one kind of example is what is happening with media relations right now? It For a client to actually drive sales, drive traffic, you can't just rely on media relations. You have to rely on all of those channels. So that's why we've kind of started to move into that realm because our the goal is to always get the clients the best results. And by just offering the media relations is not going to get them the best results. So it's... I think what I've been able to do, sorry, there's a guy that's mowing my lawn right in front of here. Yeah. The life of zoom. This is what, this is our lives now. Yeah. It's, it's all fine. Um, yeah. And I actually, you know, I really get excited to do business development before I didn't like it before I loved writing the content, running the events. Like I loved running events. I hate it now. 
I hate it. I love going to the events and networking because I'm I love socializing. But to like be on the ground and run it, no. Now I want to go out and actually like bring in business for the company, which is which is what I should be doing right now because I've got these two rock stars. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Um, so <clears throat> what's been the most challenging part of running your business, and then what's been the most like rewarding part of it? So this is going to maybe sound like a cliche, (laughs) but my biggest challenge ladies is, um, I work too much. Mm, Yeah. I I love, that is, that is, I love my work so much that it's been detrimental to my personal life, to my, to my health. And I think when you first start out as an entrepreneur, there's something where like working all the time is like, oh yeah, I'm successful. I'm always working. And there was something about burnout to me that was kind of equated to success. I thought once I reached burnout, then I'd hit like, oh, awesome. I've like really done a good job. I'm exhausted. I can't move. I'm going to rest up and then I'm going to redo the cycle again. So I would say for the first two years of owning my business, I was in that cycle. Work, 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 burnout, go on vacation, do it again. And then I kind of started to pick up the fact that like, it's not really cool that your hair is falling out. Oh, yeah. That's not not good. It's not really cool, you know, feeling tired all the time. It's not really cool not being able to spend time with people that you love. And I'm 35 and I'm single and I really want to have a life partner. I, I want to grow old with someone. And it wasn't really until recently that I was like, oh man, I'm dating these guys and they're just like not for me. I'm like, no, actually, I'm part of the problem. I was the one choosing work. I think we've all been there. Yep. Yeah. Like, yeah. Work's going to tuck me in tonight. Work's going to make me a cup of coffee in the morning. Like, it was so comforting to always resort back to my work. And now I'm like, I can't do that anymore because it's really fucking with my life goals here. So that has been the biggest challenge. And, you know, I think I'm starting to get better. And I think because of how, you know, now the company is set up, I have a little bit more free time and I've picked up good habits and I meditate every morning and I tried to go on hinge. It's terrible. (laughs) We have to have you, we're going to have to have you back for a whole other episode on dating because Dakota and I have had a few episodes on dating and it'd be interesting to get a different perspective because we are in the same boat. I mean, anybody who's an entrepreneur and works all the time and has those things and you, you wake up one morning and you're like, wait a minute, this can't be my life. And, um, yep. changes do have to be made. So as we start, as we wrap, start to wrap up here, what would you tell new entrepreneurs or people who want to start a business or, or, 
or people who are in um, a PR coordinator position right now that have bigger aspirations of what their career could be, what would you, what advice would you give them in terms of uh, taking that leap to either starting your own thing or being a Chantel and approaching someone about a, a job? Well, yeah. And I think that's just, it is, you know, I think you have to just put yourself out there and knowing that, yeah, you might get turned down or you might not get the call back or you might not get an email, but it's just like, it's just like pitching. It's just like, you know, finding a new client, like put yourself out there and try and make as many connections as possible. Like I always tell that to the students that I talk to, like, I will always have time for a coffee for you always. Mm -hmm. And that's the start. Like, you never know, like, you know, my newest hire, Serena did just that. She called me and said, Hey, I'm just interested to see what your thoughts are on what's happening in the PR landscape right now. And then we kind of kept in touch and then I ended up hiring her. So it's like just really getting out there and, you know, making those connections because you never know a coffee might turn into something that you never thought it would turn into. Good advice. Good advice. Well, Thank you so much, Lana, for being so vulnerable with us. I think I know I really needed to hear from a fellow entrepreneur that burnout is a real thing. For me, that's been uh, a focal point of my year as well. I think that we go 110%. And then as soon as we tip over to 115, 120, that's when we start to like resent what we're doing, which is not why we got into this in the first place. So it's just nice to hear yeah. that like, you're not alone. Um, and yeah, it sounds like you're doing some amazing things. Thanks for sharing everything with us. And I just want to put it out there that if anybody has any questions to please, uh, go on to Instagram and DM us, or you can DM us on Twitter and Facebook as well at ladies who launch. If you have questions for Lana, we'll get those off to her. If you have any, um, other things that you were wondering about, and then we'll answer them on our next, on our next cast. Yeah. 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 Thanks, ladies, and um, happy Champagne Friday. Champagne Friday! Yay. And I will note, too, that all of Lana's um, contact info will be in the show notes, uh, Instagram, and website. So if you want to contact uh, Lana directly, uh, we'll make sure that uh, those are there for everybody as well. But anyway, let's go Yeah, enjoy our champagne. And um, again, sign up for Champagne Friday's newsletter because it's awesome. But thank you, Lana. It's so great to have you. Ladies, thanks for having me. Bye. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode. 